Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Dr. Kim, I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Dr. Jeannie, your other host. And today we are going to be talking with Terry Wilson. She's a repeat guest. She is an animal lover and an, a very prolific author, <laughs> as you're going to discover today. Before we talk with Terry, though, we have some important information to share with you. And we'd first like to welcome the guests in the audience. Views from the Coop, our friend Paige Isinger, who alerted us to this news today. Kristen Hanna, who is becoming a regular listener. And uh, anybody else who's out there listening, we welcome you. Uh, there was some news today, and I'm just going to go to the, um, the information, the site about that, so if you guys will just bear with me for a minute. But the, um, there is a shelter in the Tri-County Humane, it's the Tri-County Humane Society in Phelps County, Missouri, um, and they are a no-kill shelter. What's happening is that they need donations to keep the shelter alive, and, and here's what's going to happen. If they do not uh, you know, get the donations that they need to keep their doors open, if the city takes over, it will become a kill shelter, and that is just a tragedy. Um, I have contacted uh, Nathan Winograd at the No Kill Advocacy Center to see if he could help um, and get some information out there. But if you guys can dig into your pockets and help, please do. You can contact them at it's the Tri-County Humane Society, and their phone number is 573-265-7955, or you can send a donation to P.O. Box 525, St. James, Missouri, zip code is 65559. Um, and please, if you can help, they are open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Sunday. And we'd like to see the no-kill continue. <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't make much sense, does it, Jeannie, to have a kill shelter when there's um, so much yeah. great information in place to help um, and with the no-kill situation. And I think that they're doing a great job. And Paige, thank you for telling us about this. She has gotten um, a pet or two from them. And, uh, you know, I just think it's a really, it's, it's a doable if they can get some help. So we hope that you guys will dig into your generous, uh, from your generous souls and dig into your pockets and help. And, you know, even $5, you know, whatever you can do to help, please do. So now let's get to our topic of today. And that is, again, we're going to be speaking with Terry Wilson. And I have it wrong on the site, show site, but we will correct that. She is, she works with her therapy dog, uh, Nellie, not Chloe. I was confusing her with another guest who has a, um, a Labrador named Chloe. And um, you can visit Terry's website at www.terrywilson.net. That's T-E-R-I-W-I-L-S-O-N.net. She has, it is amazing. She has a great blog there. And all of a sudden, after she wrote her book, All Creatures of Our God and King, my goodness, did she become like this amazing writer with all these books and things happening. Terry, welcome. It's great to have you back with us. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I tell you what, I don't know what happened to you, but your writing bug got turned on. 
<laughs> it did. <laughs> um, I just—I was shocked to see how much you've written. I know that you wrote a, um, a little book called Bonbons and Truffles, and you have Chihuahuas and Facelifts. I totally love the names of your books. Mm-hmm. And now you're starting a new series um, of Hoop Beats and Heartstrings series, and of course they're—they're—they're they're, they're love, but they're—they're they're helping animals at the same time because you're going to be donating um, uh, part of the proceeds of the sales of your book, of your series, Hoofbeats and Heartstrings, um, to Horse Rescue, which is really wonderful. So uh, would you tell us all about this and what happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Well, after I wrote All Creatures of Our God and King, I started just dabbling with writing some fiction pieces because that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I had always wanted to do. And everything I write is geared toward the animal lover and the pet lover. There's always major animal characters in everything that I write. Mm -hmm. And... um, so, you know, I just started writing a, a bunch of short fiction that was going to different um, dog and cat publications, that sort of thing. And then I wrote Bonbons and Truffles, which is it's a short story. It's not even a whole book. It's just a short, a short story. And it won third place in the American Kennel Club um, short fiction contest wow. last year. Wow. And um, after that, I sent it to a, a new publisher I've been working with called the Wild Rose Press. And they publish romance in book-length form and short story form, you know, and you can download it off the Internet or mm-hmm. in uh, print format if it's book-length. And so they picked up Bonbons and Truffles for their line, so you can go to their website and download it for $1.50. Hmm. Wow. Um, so they are also the publishers of my new series that's coming out called Hoofbeats and Heartstrings. Mm-hmm. And it's a series of romances for animal lovers, and they're all set on uh, a horse rescue farm on the outskirts of San Antonio, Texas. That's the setting for all the stories. Mm-hmm. And the first one will um, come out electronic. It's available for electronic download starting in November, and then the print form will come out next May. And it's about a young woman who can talk to animals. It's based on an old English Christmas carol that I had heard about a while back uh, that talks about how at midnight on Christmas Eve, all the animals in the manger surrounding baby Jesus told, um, you know, were given the gift of speech. And they all told Jesus, you know, what they did for him and what he's done for them. And and so I I love that. It's a really neat Christmas carol. It's called The Friendly Beast. Uh-huh. And a lot of people in America have never heard it. If you, you can look it up on the internet and read like the whole little poem, and it's 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 also in the front cover of my book called "Do You hmm. Hear What I Hear," which is the first in the Hoofbeats and Heartstrings series. Do you hear what I hear? Oh, mm-hmm. so it's going to be in time for Christmas or yeah, just it downloadable? It'll be downloadable in time for Christmas, and then it'll Dang. be in print for Christmas 2009. Oh, good! But it yeah. is that is so awesome because you know. Um, just think, we were just talking with a, another author yesterday, and she said that she did um, downloadable audio, or it was, yeah, it was, she did her little book in audio so that parents wouldn't have to continually read the book to the kid every night. <laughs> and so that was fun. But to have it as a downloadable now in time for Christmas and to read that story, there is another woman who wrote a book called Menagerie at the Manger. And Terry, I've got to put you together with her because she talked about that, um, that legend a little bit about how the animals talk to the baby Jesus. 
on Christmas Eve, and I think that's really great that you wrote something like that. And you always have that certain message. You always have that Christian message in every one of your books, don't you? Oh, definitely. And so, you know, I just kind of took that little legend and ran with it because I guess, you know, the le- according to legend now, at midnight on every Christmas Eve, animals are given the gift of speech. Hmm. So my main character in the book as a little girl reads the story, reads the legend and you know puts it to the test and you know stays up till midnight she talks to her dog but and she also makes a christmas wish that she'll be able to talk to animals forever and it comes true Aww. so then you know the book takes off she's an adult and she can talk to animals and of course everyone thinks she's kind of crazy but <laughs> she, meets, <laughs> she meets this handsome horse trainer you know and they fall mm-hmm. in love and the book's kind of about his struggle to you know have faith in her abilities so it's hmm. a really neat story, and it's like I said, it's the first one in the Hoofbeats and Heartstrings series, and mm-hmm. um, and I will be donating a portion of the proceeds to Horse Rescue since they all take place on the Horse Rescue Farm. Oh, that right. is just so great. And yeah. I'm sure that the horse rescue people are going to pick up on that real quick, huh? Oh, <laughs> I have to, I you know, I just, you know, we just finished the editing of the books and all that kind of stuff, so I haven't even talked to the horse rescue people yet. I have a really good friend named Elizabeth Burton who is knowledgeable in all things equine, and she read all the manuscripts for me and helped me out with all the horse details because I know mm-hmm. more about dogs than I do about horses. <laughs> so she helped me with that, and I named one of the characters in the book after her. But, oh. She is hooking me up with a group called Saddlebred Rescue um, that she works real closely with, and hopefully that's going to be the rescue organization. That you know, the thing about that, um, Terry, is that there is such a need for horse rescue now because of, well, there's a lot of reasons why, and I won't go into all the semantics and the politics of that on this show because we want to keep the show really happy yeah. <laughs> and positive, but um, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, um, there's just an abundance of horses, and so... There's there these rescues across the country are just full to overflowing um, with well, horses, I, and so I think you're kind of alluding to the whole the whole slaughtering situation. Yeah, yeah, the partly, right. that actually there is. I do talk about that in the books. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so, so you, you know, do address the hard issues in the book. I do, but you know, I don't. I don't want to make it sound like it's real serious because it's not. It's a real right. light-hearted romance, and one of the main characters in the book is a dog that talks. You know, to, mm-hmm. to Simone, the main character. Okay, totally and, my kind of book. because yeah, <laughs> I blog in first dog. So, because yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Simone, the one who can talk to animals, you know, meets Chet, the horse trainer, and Chet has a dog um, named Pollock, and so Pollock decides that he needs to be matchmaker. You know, between the two of them, so he talks to Simone and tries to play matchmaker. So it's very lighthearted. Yeah. But yeah, I do kind of you know mention. Uh, actually, Chet goes across the border to try and help save some of the horses that are being deported mm. for slaughter, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I wrote the books and included that because horse rescue is so important right now. In the right. It really is, especially. and 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 there's just a lot of it, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be years before we can get a handle on a lot of what's going on, but it's just really, that's why it's so important now that that people are helping out with the rescues financially. And, and, and I know a lot of people will say today, Terry, oh, but with the gas crunch and all the prices, and here's something that I said on uh, another show where we were raising funds last week for um, another organization that Jeannie and I support. And we said, okay, the more you give... For some reason, the way everything works in this world is the more you will receive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean you'll receive back with money, but you will have what you need. So um, not focusing on those 
things that keep us in fear from from helping, but rather getting outside of ourselves and helping in whatever way you can. And I know children are really great about organizing, you know, ways to donate. So maybe they'll latch onto your book <laughs> and and um, and and see that as a way, as a viable way to get people to um, not only support your work, Terry, but to help in the horse rescue. Well, I had the pleasure of reading a book, and I don't want to give away any. Um, anything that you're not ready to, to tell the audience yet, but I had the pleasure of reading um, one of your books that has not gone to print yet, mm-hmm. and that was about a ballerina and a horse. Yes, that's still in the works, so there's no official release date for that book yet, but I'm still Okay, it. Okay, but everybody's going to want to read that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> well, be, you know, because I, I was, both Jeannie and I took um, ballet, and both of us were dancers. That, you know, I was a dancer into my um, 20s, and so so that book resonated with me as a horse lover as well, and so I just thought, wow, couldn't put two better get things together in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And but it also has a great message in it, and again, it also helps. Um, the, the end message is how animals work with us, and you know, as, as uh, animal assisted therapy. So uh, I think that'll be great when that comes out, because you're looking at ways to help give back with your art. And um, you also do pet therapy, uh, pet-assisted therapy yourself with your dog, Nellie, don't you? Yes. Well, why don't you tell us about that, uh, Terry? And, and here's one question before we talk about that. Um, why, what motivates you to want to give so much, to help others so much with what you do? Well, and by the way, just so you know, that's Jeannie's bird. <laughs> she has birds that like to talk during the show yeah. now, the two of them. <laughs> I know, all my dogs are safely tucked in the bedroom, so they'll be quiet while I'm on the phone. <laughs> birds, birds usually don't like to be quiet, do they, Jeannie? Well, now that Nick, she has two now. Now that there's two, they, they think they want to be on the radio show. <laughs> Um, Well, I guess to answer your question about giving back, um, it's just something that I do, you know, basically because of my Christian beliefs, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, you know, serve Christ and, you know, different people are called to different things. You know, I believe I've been given a really strong love for animals and I can use that, you know, to help other people. And um, when I heard about, when I first heard about animal-assisted therapy, I thought, oh my gosh, that's totally right up my alley because I love animals, and that's a great way to share my love of animals with other people who are hurting, um, either emotionally or physically, in the hospital, and just help brighten their day a little bit. So when I first heard about it, I knew it was the perfect thing for me. And I've been visiting um, hospitals and nursing homes with my dog Nellie. She's six now. We've been visiting since she was just under a year old, so it's been five years with her, but before that, I visited children's hospitals with two of my pet guinea pigs for about four years. Before Wait, I you have guinea pigs? I don't anymore. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. I had some as a growing up. They're wonderful. Yeah. Me them. too. What is it with us? And all of us have guinea pigs, or we've had people come on and say they've had rabbits, or they've had all kinds of different animals. So we're not just dog people, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had guinea, guinea pigs, pigs, though. Guinea pigs are great pets. I love them. Oh, they're mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I just what? love, and I like the way they talk. Oh, I know all the noises they make. In a lot of ways, they actually sometimes make even better therapy animals than dogs because Nellie's a golden retriever and she wouldn't hurt a flea, but, you know, she's big. You know, golden Mm -hmm. retrievers are big dogs. 
Sure. And um, a lot of kids at the children's hospital are afraid of her, you know, just because of her size. And they haven't been around dogs very much. Right. You know, a lot of kids are kind of scared, and if they act afraid or if they don't want to pet her, you know, that's fine. You know, we move on to someone else because we obviously mm-hmm. just aren't there to traumatize anybody. But, <laughs> right. Um, but no one was scared of the guinea pigs. I mean, everyone loved loved it. I would bring them in little baskets, you know, and the kids would pet them and feed them lettuce. And well, every now and then the parents would give them the evil eye because they thought I'd brought a rat or something. And, oh, no, it's not a rat. <laughs> well, I've heard that before, too, because my husband Aww. will even say, well, they're rodents. And I said, you've just never had the pleasure of living with one. That's no, right. And <laughs> that's the difference. That's they were right. some of the greatest pets I had. And we had four at one time when I was a, uh, a kid. And I just love their antics. And I think it also that when I had guinea pigs, it taught me responsibility and animal ownership, Terry. Mm-hmm. So it was a great pet for my parents because they, to, to have us learn with, I think actually better maybe than a puppy because a puppy is a huge responsibility and not the guinea pigs are any less it just it taught me you got to clean the cage you got to feed them you got you know they're a little keep the water clean and also i had to take them outside let them eat grass and that kind of thing so my parents were teaching us um, with a simpler pet that we could then put back in a cage you know <laughs> right and that's how we got one is because my son was in kindergarten and, you know, the, and the elementary schools, they usually have, like, a little animal in the room. And mm-hmm. it was funny, when he was in kindergarten, they had, the classroom had two pets that they you know that both, both belonged to the teacher. She would bring one in for the first semester and the other for the second semester. And the guinea pig was the second semester pet. And for the first semester pet, she had a hedgehog because she said that was her way of teaching them not to be too rough because if mm. they squeeze the hedgehog, what a good idea. Them, their little spines. Right. And she said, so after a whole semester with the hedgehog, they had learned to be gentle and so then the second Aww. semester, she brought in the guinea pig when they kind of knew more about it. Oh, I would like the hedgehog. They're really cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after, you know, my son got familiar with her guinea pig, actually, he got selected as the child to babysit the guinea pig over the whole entire summer. Oh, wow. And so we had his teacher's guinea pig all summer, and then when we um, took it back to the teacher, we had to get one of our own. Cause I would think, too, Terry, that the teacher knew, because you do therapy work, that you would know how to guide him. Oh, yeah. He was such a big, he still is. You know, he's a senior in high school now, and he's a big animal lover. But when he was little, I mean, he wanted to be a zookeeper. He was Aww. so into animals. I mean, I caught him in the middle of the street one day um, trying to pick up ants out of the street so they wouldn't oh. get run over. You know, and I was like, you're going to get run over. Get out of the street. You know? Oh, you know what? I was That's He reminds me of me. I wanted to own a zoo, too, or just so I could be with them. You know, of course, I um, grew up and realized the reality of a lot of that. But, you know, it's just really, it, that's the innocence and beauty of children and their love for animals. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Terry, you know what I really would like to do um, is go back to your first book, which we had you on our other show that has since blended with this one, and we did share that show on Animal Talk Naturally, and that was all Creatures of Our God and King. That book, honest to goodness, was pivotal in helping me to see the eternal life of animals. Oh, good. And I know that you were published with people. Eden Publications through uh, Mary Buttermeyer Porter, who has since become a friend of ours. Oh, good. Uh, I did not know Yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting how things work out, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, she's such a nice lady. She's She's wonderful. an amazing lady. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's, because um, you know, she's written a lot on that, and, of course, we're going to have her as an upcoming guest in October. But um, let's talk about that just a little bit to remind people how your whole writing career got started. 
Right, because that's the first thing I ever wrote, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote that book because I was leading a Bible study at my church, and at, I was doing therapy work with my dog, Nellie, at the time. And, of course, I, everyone knew I was a big animal lover. And so we were just, you know, working our way through different studies. I had probably been leading a Bible study there for about three years. And um, we were looking for a new Bible study to start. And I thought, well, gosh, wouldn't that be neat if we did a Bible study, you know, based on animals, what the Bible says about animals? Because at this time, you know, there were a lot of pet lovers in the group because, you know, everyone knew I was a big animal lover. And so, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we all kind of flocked together. So I started looking for a book, a, a Bible study guide that would guide us through what the Bible says about animals. And I looked and I looked. I was on the Internet. I looked at the different Christian stores and I couldn't find one. And I thought, well, you know, I guess there's obviously there just must not be enough information in there. Or if it is, it must be really a downer, you know, (laughs) so no one wants to do a study on it. So I thought, well, you know, I'm going to look it up myself and just see what it says. And so for two months, you know, I just read my Bible backwards and forwards. Um, And, you know, I'm not a biblical scholar. You know, I don't know how to read the original Greek text, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I just looked at my Bible and every, you know, I got different encyclopedias and reference books that would lead me to read every single verse that was in the Bible about animals. And I couldn't believe it. There was so much in there. Mm -hmm. And it was all so wonderful, things I hadn't heard. And I thought, I can't believe no one has written a study about this. And my son said, well, Mom, you should do it. And I thought, well, you know, sure, but we'll see. (laughs) So I thought, well, I'll just try it. And so I did. And then I sent it to Mary at Eden Publications, and she picked it up. She was the first person I sent it to, and that's kind of how it got started. Actually, that message is coming out more and more because we've been so uh, misguided, especially with um, um, the particular verse in Ecclesiastes 3 in the Bible that talks about the animals going down to, you know, into the earth and, and, and humans up. And that's, that's just a misunderstanding, a misunderstood, very misunderstood verse. Right. And, and because of language changes, like you said, from Greek and Hebrew and so forth. Right. But what your book does is help people with, because you... You share personal stories, mm-hmm. and then you equate it to a Bible verse, and then you have people fill in the blanks. Right. I wanted to write it in the form of a study like that because mm-hmm. I wanted people to get into their own Bibles and read them for themselves. Good for you, you can't read that book wonderful. without your Bible, right? I so, know. Well, you could because there is a cheater answer key at the end. <laughs> yeah, there is. And I didn't know that, though. You want to, you want to, you're going to laugh, Terry. I didn't know that until I got to the end of the book. I didn't well, see, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I wrote I it because I wanted people to read. I, I wrote it in that way because I wanted people to read the Bible themselves for several reasons. First of all, you know, I just think that, you know, it's great for everyone to be in God's Word. So I wanted mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. to read, pick, pick up the Bible. Maybe someone who ordinarily wouldn't pick up a Bible and read right. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons I did it that way. And another reason was I didn't want someone to read a book and tell me, oh, my dog's going to heaven because Terry Wilson told me that the Bible mm-hmm. says it does. You know, I wanted them to read it themselves and make their own conclusions you know, based right. on what they read. Well, what's interesting well, about it, though, is that so many people, when they lose a pet, they, they don't know what happens because maybe they don't even know what happens to themselves. Right. And mm-hmm. what your book does is really show how much, how very, very much God cares for every creature mm-hmm. on this earth. And, you know, again, he created them first and how much he loved them and where their eternal lives lie and why. And, and you did it without... Um, you really, what you did was you shared your own stories, but you allowed the Bible to speak for itself. Right. 
And I thought that was real important that you shared that. So then yeah. what happened after that was somehow that opened the floodgate to this romance writing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I started, you know, I had been dabbling in fiction while I was going through the edits for All Creatures of Our God and King. Ah. And I had joined an online writers group called faithwriters.com. Mm-hmm. And I read and some of your writing there. Yeah, that is how I learned to write fiction. I mean, because they have a weekly writer's challenge where they throw out a one-word topic. Mm-hmm. And um, you are supposed to write something up to 750 words involving that one-word topic. And it can be fiction, nonfiction, devotional, whatever. And you know, I was wanting to write fiction. And so that is what I started doing. I started entering their weekly writing challenge. And, of course, it was of course fun if you win or do well, you know, because I think the top it was eight. I think now it's the top ten from each week are published in a, like a quarterly anthology. Um, and it was neat if you won, but it was also great because it, that's really how I learned to write fiction. And so I started doing that, and the second story I wrote for them, the one-word topic was called Break. And I wrote a story about a woman who has a German shepherd that visits soldiers at a military hospital. Wow. Um, because I had just gone to a I remember that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a just gone, great story. I had just gone to a military hospital with um, one of my friends and her therapy dog when I was going through the mentoring procedure. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote that and um, it incorporated the whole, um, you know, the sacrament of the bread and the wine and communion right. within the story because break was supposed to be the breaking of the wafer. Um, but it also kind of symbolized how the soldier's body was broken for us, like Jesus' body Aww. was broken for us. So I wrote that, and it got published in a German Shepherd magazine. And then that same year, it won an award from the Westminster Kennel Club, you know, the big dog show every year in New York. And I got That's to to why I remember it, but it also made me cry. So yeah. I, I, I got to go to New York and accept the award, and it was really great. Mm. And so after that, things just started taking off. You know, I really started spending a lot more time um, writing fiction because after I wrote the the Bible study, at first I thought about writing another Bible study, but, you know, that was just my heart, you know, what what right. the Bible said about animals, and I just, there was nothing else I really felt stirred to write that was nonfiction, and so I started kind of expressing my love for animals and, and uh, my love for Christ in fiction stories for people. And with romance, you guys, how cool is that? I mean, I've never seen anybody put it together quite like that, and I think that's really great. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, Terry, in depth okay. when we come back from our very short break. So everybody, hold on. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. 
Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm Dr. Kim together with Dr. Jeannie, and we're your hosts. And today we are speaking with author Terry Wilson. She is the author of several books, and as we were talking about before the break, um, she also works with, uh, uh, does uh, pet assisted therapy with her dog, um, Nellie. Nellie. And um, we were talking with her a bit about how she has incorporated not only her love for animals, but her love for Christ into writing and then romance. And I just thought that was such a unique thing um, that she has done with that. And it's there's always a great moral message in every one of her books, and it's. There is a positive outcome, and I really think, Carrie, because you like to see the positive outcome of things. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm writing romance, because there's always a happy ending. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Um, well, you know, life is so hard nowadays for people with all that's going on in the world, and I think that, you know, a lot of what we see, especially Jeannie and I, what comes across, you know, our desks a lot, we see a lot of things that are going on in, you know, happening in the animal world. And the animal world is just, People might think it's all fluffy and fun, <laughs> but it's not. No, um, it's not. There, There's a lot of sad things happening. There are a lot of sad things, and there, you know, there. Uh, and there's a lot of politics involved in everything, and I think for Jeannie and I, that just became such a burden that we decided that we would take this road that you are sharing, because I really think that people, um, they used to go to the movies, and we used to go do things to get out of the funk of living an everyday life, and I really do, do think it helps people to, to have a better outlook when they can see a positive outcome to things, even though we do know um, that there aren't always happy endings. I think it does help people. It's not that we're trying to um, not be realistic, but we're trying to help people to see beyond so much of the despair that's out there. Exactly. And your books do that, and they do give a happy ending. And I do think while you do put realistic, realistically in your novels um, and the hard things that are out there and that do happen, you do it also with a positive spin, Terry. And you do work hard, I think, to get inside the mind of the way the animal is seeing things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. But, you know, that's just kind of what, uh, the way I look at the world. It's quirky, but I see it like a dog. So. Mm. <laughs> well, you know what? Someone told that's me not a bad thing. I know. No. Someone told me recently about reading my books. They said, man, you just have an uncanny ability to get into a dog's head and, and make people love them even if they don't like them. I said, well, that's Aww. a good thing, you know. That's a very good thing. Well, that happens to me when I, you know, I'm one of those people that just assume because I love dogs that everybody is not afraid of them and loves them like I do and then when I encounter people like I have recently this week that to them a dog running at them is like a terrifying thing Mm -hmm. or 
um, you know, sniffing me, get away from me, I don't want you sniffing me, yuck, you're a dog. It's sad to me, but um, I think that it has a lot to do with upbringing. It could just be the way we're each hardwired. But what we hope to accomplish here by sharing these things is, to ho- is, is hopefully that if we can teach it to children, Terry, uh, then there will be a better treatment of animals uh, in the, in the right. overall. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, if, if you can get them into the mind of the animal when they're reading your books and when they're reading other authors that we bring on their books, not only are we encouraging children to read, <laughs> for one thing, but another thing that we're helping them to see from an animal's perspective. And I know a lot of people might think that that is anthropomorphization, but if you understand the nature of each species that you're drawn to, if you can understand their wild nature, I, and, and right from that perspective, which you do, I think that that really helps people to get into their mind, into the mind and to see things from that ground-level perspective that an animal sees things. Right, and, and like you said, it's absolutely so important, especially with the kids, and and you know, and I see that all the time because Nellie, I take her to visit at uh, Christus Santa Rosa Children's Hospital in downtown San Antonio, and I, I mean, gosh, in the time that I've been visiting with her, I can't tell you how many kids we've visited down there, you know, kids that are just in there for some simple surgery, or some children who were actually you know dying on their deathbed, and their parents mm-hmm. asked me if I would bring my dog in there to visit with them, Aww. and um. But it makes a huge difference. And even mostly, you know, I told you before, sometimes the kids are afraid of her because she's so big. But that's, you you know, that's maybe one kid per visit. Right. One Mm -hmm. in 20, you know, or whatever. But even the ones that are scared, you know, I say, okay, you know, we won't come in. But I'll say, you know, well, do you want to see her do some tricks maybe? And I'll make sure she stays out here in the hallway. And they'll, they'll, you know, kind of nod their head. And so I'll have her shake and, you know, do a high five and do all sorts of stuff in the hallway. So... (laughs) So we're in the hall. We're not in their room. It's not Mm -hmm. threatening, but, you know, they don't like it. And, you know, usually when we leave, you know, they have a smile on their face, and and, and they'll remember that next time. And it can maybe disarm their fear. I I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. that there's fear. Not, Not all of us are animal lovers. I feel very... Like I said yesterday on our show, I feel very blessed to have been gifted that way, um, that God had said, you're going to be an animal lover. (laughs) Uh, And it's sad for me for people who aren't, but some people, just that's just not the way they were made. Uh, But I think you can teach respect. Right. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think then if you have less fear, because an animal is going to react to fear always. You know, I've been really frustrated because of where we moved, Terry, um, that we have uh, a pond, which I've never had, and fish in there. And I... I, I don't know how to make them like me. Well, and that's what I'm doing, Jeannie, you know, and, and of course Jeannie has a pond and she's very wise in the care of those and she's having to help me because this pond was neglected for five months. So um, we're, we have to try to get it back to a, a natural, nice, healthy balance in there. But I just want them to like me and not be afraid. So I do watch them after I fed, feed them. I get a little away from them and watch them and they pop up and when it's raining I watch them come out and kind of keep their faces out of the water and stuff it's really cool but that's the thing is just teaching people with baby steps and um, your books are non-threatening that way while you're teaching serious subjects I mean anything faith-based is going to be serious 
And you do that, Terry. And I just thank you for that. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, I can I can relate to the non-animal lover because my mom is not a big animal fan. Neither is mine. I, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so how did we end up in families like that? <laughs> I do not know. I mean, I, I know in my Bible study book I talk about how the time I found a turtle on the side of the road and I brought it mm-hmm. home and I painted my initial on it with fingernail polish. Right. Which <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the next day I came home from school and my mom told me the turtle ran away. You know? oh, <laughs> I'm still know. not exactly sure Close what happened heart. to the turtle. Yeah. <laughs> she just didn't want the turtle there, you know, and I, I actually, and people have been afraid of turtles. I'm not afraid of reptiles other than, I have to admit it here, and I, I probably shouldn't admit this publicly, but I don't like snakes and I feel bad for the people that do. Um, Jeannie has no problem with them, but I do. And But I like lizards a lot. <laughs> and um, I, I like uh, turtles, you know, and those kind of things. So, but they get afraid too. It's just the way, you know. After the fall of man, animals were afraid of us. So yeah. um, we God have to earn their trust, right? Mm-hmm. And so you also do share those kind of things on how your. Uh, I hope people will soon get to read that other book that we were talking about, Terry the Ballerina and the, and the Racing Horse. Right, and, that um, one's called Chasing Paisano, and like I said, it's still kind of in the works. Mm. And, and it well, really be sure let us ex- know when it's out. I will. I will let you know as soon as possible. Okay. Well, and it has a really great message in it, and it does have some romance to it. Yes, of course it does. Terry's writing romance novels <laughs> yeah. now. Um, but with animals involved, and honestly, I have read tons of romance novels in my younger days and never had the opportunity to read any that had an an- animal so prevalent in them. Hmm. Um, they probably yeah, weren't they, a space-based either. Yeah, no, they weren't there. faith-based either, Jeannie, and that was also, um, Terry's are faith-based, and so, mm-hmm. hey, you guys, it, they are clean books. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, definitely, very much so. And, right. you know, do you hear what I hear? Chet, you know, the, the hero, the male main character, I mean, he kind of compares his struggle in um, struggling to have faith in Simone and believe that she can actually talk to animals. He likens that to Joseph, you know, having faith in Mary, mm-hmm. you know, when she comes to him and says ah. that she's with child, but she's still a virgin. Right. And, very of course, good. I mean, that's obviously very heavy duty, and, you know, sure. the, the romance is really light. But, you know, I always try to insert that. That's wonderful. Message. Well, and that's good for people to know, because there are romance novels that you can read that keeps the sanctity of marriage uh, right. alive. Oh, yeah. And, um, it, and the whole purpose for that. And uh, and I think that your books will probably go in that direction, which is really, really needed today, Terry, as you know. Um, yeah. I, when, while we're an animal-focused show, we do try to bring some of those um, Bible-based um, issues right. and values into into the show more and more. And I think that that's probably another reason why um, I'm drawn to your books. I'm kind of, um, I was always such a, a romantic t- a child that just thought romance about everything. You know, I was kind of, <laughs> I told Jeannie, I'm very right-brained. Um, I don't know how I was ever a math tutor <laughs> to this day. I still don't know how I did that. And... Uh, I, I, because I always think in those, you know, ways, and it's very creative and very, you know, kind of out there thinking about things. And, and to me, having a book full of talking animals wouldn't be far fetched. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, good. I'm glad there's other people out there besides me who think that way. Oh, I think more than more than we all know, probably. Or maybe more than people are willing to admit as, as yes. adults, because exactly. we do lose touch with that. I don't. I think that for me, it helps me to get. You know, as I get older, Terry, I'd rather embrace that child who who believed those things because I really think that is closer to being a faith-based relationship with God mm-hmm. in the first place. And oh, then I you totally can agree. It even says in the Bible that He wants us to have faith like that of a child. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and when people get older, you know, they start thinking, oh, you know, they worry about what other people are seeing, mm-hmm. will think, and they, you know, think they need to be more serious. And and I've always, you know, studying or more intellectual. You know, I'm educated, so therefore I'm very, you know, <laughs> exactly have to maintain that. Image. Trust me, Jeannie and I are educated. Uh, I'm educated too. You know, yeah, you're right. educated, but have you know the faith of a child. Exactly. And look at the lighter things in life, and you know, and, and not be so cynical. Mm-hmm. You know, and not keep and still have live with an open heart. You know, that I guess Amen. that's kind of. What but I yeah. think that's the key: yeah. is living with an open heart, because animals approach it everything is. with an open heart. They can you can be angry at your dog one minute because he just slimed everything. Like in my house, my dog loves to. I, it, people might think we have snails in our house, but it's just a mass of slime. <laughs> And he just walked up to me with slime drooling on me, you know, maybe, and got it all over me. And I'm like, gosh, Shadrach, did you have to do that? And the next second, he's happy again. Right. Because they have forgotten, they have forgiven, and they've moved on. Granted, animals that have been abused and harmed and hurt might have a longer time of that. Um, but they do come to a place where they can where they can go forward, and no matter what happens to them, it seems like they they, they can come to a place where they can go forward if they are just loved, and that is a childlike um, approach to everything. And I think that if we can encourage that in people, um, it would be a whole lot better world, don't you think, Terry? Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely for sure. And to have. Well, okay, Terry, we're running towards the end of the show, and I've been rambling on here about this love thing here. I don't know what your book just <laughs> inspired that in me. But what I'd like to know is what is on the horizon for you besides this new series of books? Well, um, I'm, I'm going to be adding to the Hoofbeats and Heartstrings series, so there'll be some more books in that. And you had mentioned earlier Chihuahuas and Facelifts. Um, that's a column, uh, an ongoing serial that I write for Chihuahua Connection magazine. And I know because I've written for them before myself, so that was really really cool. Yes, it was cool to find out that you had written for them because I know their magazine is growing. Yeah, so I have um, Chihuahuas Are Better Than Facelifts. um, That's a cute name. (laughs) Yeah, there's an installment in every single issue. And I think the issue that's upcoming for fall will have Chihuahuas Are Better Than Facelifts Part 5. Oh, I will continue that um, because I hear from a lot of readers of that column. For some reason, it has just you know touched you know sparked a nerve with people it's very chick lit you know there's a lot of designer handbags in there mm. and um, you know all sorts of things but I wrote but you that. know why chihuahuas are a really really popular dog right now so. I know everyone loves chihuahuas and you know the, the column is very you know girly and so <laughs> you know a lot of the, the chihuahua people really really love it and it is That's so great. much fun to write because I try and I don't even think I can make it too over the top you know, the more over the top it is, the more over the more they like it. <laughs> so I'm going to keep writing That's the Chihuahua fun. column because that is just so much fun. So good. And I'm in the middle of another faith-based romance called Cup of Joe, about a woman um, grieving the death of her grandfather. My grandfather passed away a year and a half ago, and it's just been kind of Aww. something that I've been bouncing around in my head ever since then. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the owner of a local coffee shop named Joe, you know, has secretly had a crush on her, and, and he comes to the funeral, and instead of bringing a casserole or a plate of sandwiches like everyone else does, he brings her a puppy. Oh. And that kind of kicks off, you know, their relationship. So mm. I'm working. Oh, Terry, you are just a girl after her oh. own heart. <laughs> I'd rather have a puppy anyway, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, they're, uh, um, if they can uh, learn to be, if they can get house trained really quickly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but oh, I mean, yeah. that is, see, that's what's exciting about what you write. And all these different things have just opened up for you and that you're doing all of this writing all of a sudden. And um, I think it just sounds like fun. And writing a column in a magazine is actually a dream of mine. So I'm sitting here green. I'm actually wearing green today, Terry. <laughs> Well, you know, I have always wanted to do that because I used to love to read. I don't know if you guys read Bark Magazine. Um, oh, I've read I, some of the yeah. stuff from there, yeah. Um, yeah. I used to love to read um, the Rex and the City column in there. Oh, right? yeah. You well, you know what? Yeah. She was a guest of ours on our show recently. Oh, I mean, I just adore her. I adore her writing. And I used to, you know, I'm... I used to read that Rex in the City. Every time my bark would come in the mail, I would flip to that column. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband, I was like, hey, it's my dream some, someday, you know, to write something like this. And my chihuahuas are better than facelifts has turned into my Rex in the City, you know, because now I'm going to have to probably. tell her that because um, she, that would probably tickle her. Oh, I miss her column so bad because now it's not in Bark anymore. Aww. I know, and she's writing books. And I know, so I, I read all of them. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm going to really tell like her, her that so we can put you guys yeah. together. You never know what will come of that, Terry. And, yeah, that um, would be great. But that is what prompted me to write the Chihuahuas Are Better Than Facelifts column. And, oh, know, that I is just, so great. You know, well, we've... I'm, Go ahead, Terry. Oh, I was going to say that whole, you know, once you start writing, you just start noticing things that happen in life, and you just mm-hmm. think about what you could write about it or just, you know, take one thing and go from it. And uh, like I told you earlier, my son is a senior in high school, and he's an only child. And, you know, for a long time, you know, while I was raising him, you know, I didn't work at all, and I always said, you know, when he gets older, I'm going to start doing something else, and that has, you know, become writing. But, um, you know, at the time, I would, you know... I. I had made friends, you know, a bunch of friends, and when the kids were little, you know, we were all busy doing stuff with their schools and that kind of thing, but there's this transition period when they're getting older and they don't need you as much, but you still, you know, want to be around, so, you know, I would go to lunch with my friends and do the socializing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I had lunch with two of my girlfriends, and we were sitting there, and one of them announced, oh, you're not going to believe it, I, I had a facelift, and I couldn't, I was sitting there thinking to myself, First of all, why did she have a facelift? Because she's gorgeous. She's only in her 50s. You know, it's beautiful. And it just made me sad when I started thinking about how, you know, how society makes people feel that way. You know, that kind of thing. And she's mm-hmm. still a great friend of mine. But um, when she had had the facelift, something had happened and she couldn't blink anymore. Mm. And so that is what started the whole Chihuahuas are Better Than Faceless column. And I, I address it all in a very humorous way. And the main character just starts freaking out because she's like, what am I doing? You know, I'm getting older. So her way of redefining her life is to adopt this poor Chihuahua that has just come out of a puppy mill situation. And, you know, showering all her affections and attentions on the dog. And it's really humorous. And But it all came out of that real-life situation. And hmm. my friend who had to how you take your real life um, situations and turn them into these, this great writing, um, I Terry. That's 
Wonderful. Unfortunately, we have fear that my friend is going to actually read the column someday and recognize. Oh, oh no! That's funny. <laughs> well, Terry, we've run out of time, and we'd like to invite everybody to go to your website at www.terrywilson.net. That's T-E-R-I-W-I-L-S-O-N.net. Pick up copies of her books and um, and and share them with others, you guys, and they're fun. And, and now we're going to have to read Chihuahua Connection to read the, mm-hmm. um, to one of the facelift uh, stories. That ought to be um, really fun. And uh, Terry, in closing, we're going to put you on the spot now. What words of wisdom would you like to impress upon the audience? Oh, that's a pretty general question. (laughs) Um, I would just say, um, you know, in keeping with what we were saying about love and a positive attitude, I would just like to say um, something new that I've been doing is just even the little things in my life. Every day I try to look for fun things that happen to me or things that happen that I feel like God are bringing into my path that I should be grateful for. Mm. And I'll just say up a quick little prayer, you know, do dear yes. Jesus, thank you for letting me be first in line at Starbucks, you know. Or you just, just, <laughs> oh. you know if you look for the little blessings in your life, you can even if you're having a bad day, it can really make you see how much God loves you. Uh-huh. So I would say, I would say that. Thank Wonderful. you so much for that, that Terry. That actually just that blessed me very much, mm-hmm. and I thank you for that. And we wish you continued success and welcome you back as a repeat guest, especially when you have new books to share, which you obviously will, mm-hmm. um, and new things to share. And thank you for the therapy work that you do with your special dog, Nellie. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me. And uh, everybody, in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping perfectly animal talking day. Pets and Nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally. Naturally.